a wonderful time here this morning. If you're a visitor with us, then the songs will be coming up on the screen. If you don't know them, don't worry. Um, just enjoy what we're doing here um, and have a wonderful time in God's presence. I don't think I've got any special notices to give. I know that Janet is waiting to be shipped back. Um, so, shipped back. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah, not shipped back, but planed back. You know, same kind of thing. <laughs> but um, yeah, so she's just waiting to, to to make it back home. So continued prayers for her in the, in that, and uh, pray that that would all happen soon. So let's let's uh, let's begin our service with a, a word of prayer. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that we can come this morning to give you praise and thanks that's due your name. And so, Lord, just inhabit our praises this morning. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and let's sing together. Straight for as we wait. Let's try it again. Let's try it in the right key. I was miles away. Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. Above. 
majesty into this world. You came to save us. You bore the cross. You took my sin. You shot your light into my darkness and veiled the truth. Mystery, you are my God. You are my Savior. You are the rock on which I stand, ever faithful.
King David was facing a huge attack, and the hearts of the men of Israel had gone. David said, Arise, let us flee, or we will have no escape. All who see me now mock me. They say, I committed my course to the Lord, but will the Lord deliver me? My rock and refuge is in God. Know that the Lord has set apart the godly for himself. The Lord hears when I call out to him. In peace, I will lay down and sleep. It is only the Lord that makes me dwell in safety. May the Lord give strength and peace to all his people. Mm. Amen. Amen. Jeremiah says, call on the name of the Lord, for I hear you and I will answer. Bless you, bless you, God. Amen. Amen. Father God, we recognize that uh, at times you seem distant. We don't seem to listen and don't answer us. But thank you. The truth is that you do. You do hear our cries of our hearts. Because you walk with us day by day. We bless your kindness to us and your grace. Amen. Amen.
answering prayer. Mm. Lord, thank you for bringing Peter into church this morning. Amen. Lord, for rescuing him and delivering him yet again. Amen. Lord, mm. we thank you for that. We thank you that you're a God who answers prayer. And Lord, thank you that you are going to be delivering Janet uh, back to St. Peter's on Wednesday. Lord, we pray for safe passage for her. We pray, Lord, that you would guard her heart and her mind. And we, Lord, I pray that all of these folk that we're praying for, Lord, would be able to testify to your goodness and faithfulness in answering prayer and in delivering them. Thank you, Lord, that you hear our prayers and you answer, that you're a faithful God and that we can cling to you because you are the rock, the one on whom we can totally depend. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. Thank you. I will not fear, though tens of thousands assail me on every side. Arise, Lord, deliver me, my God. Strike all my enemies on the jaw. From the Lord comes deliverance. May your blessing be on your people. Amen. Amen. We thank you, Lord, that we can come this morning with boldness and confidence. Not our own confidence, but, Lord, confidence in you, in what you can do. Lord, you are our strength. You are our shield. You are our rock. And we bless your holy name. Amen. Amen. So it's now time for the young people to go out to their groups. I'm guessing that's happening this morning. Thank you, Helen. Oh, you have quite a few people. Ah, oh, that's good. They're all disappearing on me now. And can we take up the offering, please? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for uh, our young people, Lord, and we pray for them now as they go off to their group. Lord, pray you continue to just um, open their eyes and their ears and their hearts to your glory, to your wonder. Lord, as they, they learn new things, Lord, may they just fall in love with you. May they, may they start their journey of faith. May they continue their journey of faith. Lord, we thank you that you have sealed each one of them. And so, Lord, you've chosen them. And, Lord, we just ask now that you would just be with them. Pray, Lord, for the money that's been given today and that, that's gone through bank accounts. Lord, we thank you that you, you make us generous givers. And so, Lord, I pray that you would just help this money to be used to, to not just keep everything running here, Lord, but also to see those in our community brought to faith. And so, Lord, we just thank you for your faithfulness to us. And, Lord, we, we just gladly give back to you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So this morning, Martin is going to be speaking to us from Psalm 3. Thanks. Just made it bigger for me, so that's better. <laughs> Psalm 3. Oh, Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him, Selah. But you are a shield around me, O Lord. You bestow glory on me and lift up my head. To the Lord I cry aloud, and he answers me from his holy hill. I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. I will not fear the, the tens of thousands drawn up against me on every side. Arise, O Lord, deliver me, O my God. Strike all my enemies on the jaw. Break the teeth of all the wicked. For the Lord come, from the Lord comes deliverance. May your blessing be on your people. Let's just pray for Martin as he comes to speak now. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that... Everything today has been about shield, rock, defender. And Lord, we thank you that uh, you do bring us comfort. And Lord, right now, we just ask that as we hear your word, you would just stir in us um, a sense of the fact that you are always there for us. And so, Lord, we just pray that you just bless my heart as he comes. Amen.
Thank you very much, Steve. Um, should also mention that Heather's here this morning as well. Um, Heather, we've been praying for you as well. And uh, it, what a joy to see you walk in this morning. So not only Peter, uh, but Heather as well. And uh, God is a God who answers prayer, isn't he? Yeah, and uh, he's good. He's faithful. Uh, <clears throat> so why don't uh, Christians enjoy prayer more? Why is prayer something of a struggle? Um, if God answers prayer and he delivers us, um, why, is, why is prayer often, if we're really honest, a bit of a struggle? Um, well, Donald Whitney, in his book, Praying the Bible, maintains that Christians often do not pray or struggle to pray because we don't feel like it. Um, John Piper describes the struggle that many Christians have in praying. I quote, if I try to pray for people or events without having the Bible in front of me guiding my prayers, then several negative things happen. One is that I tend to be very repetitive. I just pray the same things all the time. Another negative thing is that my mind tends to wander, um, unquote. I think I, I can, I can uh, resonate with that. I testify to that. I, I'm not somebody who... Uh, finds prayer always easy. Um, I struggle with it. I love meditating on scripture and thinking, how would I preach that? Or what does that text say to me personally? But the prayer bit I find more difficult if I'm really, really honest. I'm one of these whose mind wanders, just like John Piper. I don't know if you're um, I was speaking to somebody just this week, and uh, they were saying that they sometimes struggle with prayer. And I was saying, yeah, so do I. Often I find um, I can pray sometimes more in a more concentrated way when I'm walking or I'm doing the gardening or an activity. And I think what happens there is that our... When, when we're kind of doing something else, it, it kind of calms the mind down, doesn't it? And it puts us in a frame of mind where we can be more peaceful and, and calm with God. I'm not saying that we should never be still and just sit quietly with God, but for some of us, that's quite a struggle. And I often find an act, praying while I'm active or walking really helps me uh, to focus on God. But the biggest aid I find to praying, and this has become more of a, a thing over the years, is praying scripture. Um, praying the words of the Bible as if they are my words. The, Psalm, the Psalms are our prayer book, aren't they? Yeah? They're there in the Bible for a reason. They're designed to be prayed um, originally um, in Israelite worship, they were sung. And there are, I'm sure there are still some churches around the UK that sing the Psalms. I've never been to one, but I'm told that there are still churches that sing Psalms. Um, is that true? I think maybe, maybe there are. I've never done that, but uh, it, there you go. They, they're designed to be prayed and to be sung. In fact, in the New Testament, Paul refers to the church worshipping using hymns, psalms, and spiritual songs. So if you, if you share a psalm in church, that's a good thing, because that's biblical, isn't it? Um, so the psalms are written down to guide us in our worship. One Old Testament scholar, Gordon Wenham, says this, quote, the psalms are designed to be prayed. It's not just a piece of scripture and you go, oh, I wonder what the historical background of David was there, although we should look at that, you know, as if it's something that happened to David thousands of years ago and is an interesting historical document. These prayers, and Psalm 3 is the first of David's prayers in the Bible, are meant to be prayed, right? We're meant to actually use the words of these Psalms to pray to God. Um, some Christians struggle with that because some of the language is very direct and it's not polite, is it? David is not polite. I don't know if you've noticed. He asked God to break the teeth of the wicked. I don't know when you last prayed that. 
We'll, we'll get to that in a moment. But, it, but he doesn't beat around the bush. There's no, O oh Lord, thouest holy and awesome. He goes, how long, O oh Lord, must I wrestle with my thoughts and have sorrow in my heart all day long? Right? He doesn't pretend with God. He doesn't kind of put on a Christian smile and pretend everything's okay when it isn't. He goes, Lord, I'm in the darkness. I'm struggling. Where are you, Lord? How much longer must I wrestle and struggle with my doubts? He tells it as it is, just as you do with a good friend or a spouse or a child or a parent. You tell it as it is, don't you? Don't you? The person you're, you love and you're close to, you don't pretend with. So why should it be any different with God? Uh, now, granted, we don't have the same sort of trouble as David did, thankfully, do we? King David brought some of his trouble on himself. Um, wasn't a great idea committing adultery with Bathsheba and then having the husband put on the front line so he was killed. It's not the greatest move, is it? More of that when Mark preaches on it. Pleasure. Good to have you back, Mark and Carol, by the way. Sickening tans, but we won't go there. <laughs> so David, David's son, Absalom, is, has rebelled and is trying to grab the throne from his own dad. That's a problem. Can you imagine being the king and your own son is trying to, is leading a revolt against you with thousands of men? That's a family dysfunction, isn't it? Some of you have got family dysfunction. David had more, right? This is, this is trouble, right? Imagine being pursued by your own son and an army of tens of thousands. Well, that's what David's facing. Um, there's so much dysfunction in this family, it's unbelievable. You think your family's messy, well, you should listen to King David's family. Absalom, his son, was furious. Remember that David had had children with a number of different wives. Absalom was furious because it appeared that David had let Amnon, another of David's son, go unpunished after raping Absalom's sister Tamar. This is a dysfunctional family. And as a result of all this, David fled from Absalom and civil war followed. And David went to war against his own son and tragically Absalom was killed in the battle. So you think you've got trouble? All right, David's been there and worn the t-shirt. Now, we may not face a palace coup from our own children, all right, as, as a king, but our, don't our, aren't our lives messy as well? Aren't our families messy sometimes? Our own lives contain conflict, failure, fear, love, betrayal, loss, and salvation, just as David's did. In other words, we can pray these prayers with David in the struggles of life. If you've been alive on this planet long enough as a Christian, you know that the Psalms make sense the longer you're alive, right? I think I've said this before. When I was a teenager and in my early 20s, I, I struggled to relate to the Psalms because, I don't know, life pre-working kind of went reasonably well. Didn't have lots of hassle and stress. And then you go into the workplace and you realize that the Psalms start to make sense right? Life doesn't always go straightforwardly. There are family conflicts. There is grief to face in life. And suddenly the Psalms begin to become really real, don't they, for us? We start to pray them. There's all of life in the Psalms, which is why I love the Bible.
honest with him. David was completely honest. Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. Um, when was the last time you prayed like this, openly and honestly? Sometimes life's difficulties do overwhelm us, don't they? Yeah? There are moments when you think, how much more, Lord? What else is going to go wrong? Anybody? Yeah? Good. You're with me? Well, we can pray this stuff. When you feel overwhelmed, you can pray, Lord, how many are my foes? Now, your foes may not be um, rebellious children wanting to usurp your throne, but they may well be difficult circumstances, health problems, job loss of a job, despondency, loss of confidence, conflict in the family or with friends, difficulties and stresses in the workplace. We can say to God, Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. We might as well be honest with God because he knows us better than we know ourselves, right? So there's no point putting on a special prayer voice with God, right? Do you, do you know, some people, I've heard this in churches, some people have a special sort of pious prayer voice. And you sort of think, you don't speak like that normally. Come on, be real. God knows how you speak. Don't pretend. Don't put on a special voice. Be yourself. Be honest. This is real faith. How do we turn uh, verses 1 and 2 into a prayer? Well, you can re rewrite your own translation, your own paraphrase. So I might uh, write a Martin paraphrase, something like this. Lord, my troubles feel overwhelming right now. I feel like a failure and Satan is accusing me of not being good enough or worthy enough to be called a Christian. In other words, I've got trouble, I've got foes, and I feel overwhelmed. God can take it, can't he? Some of you don't look sure. Some of you don't look sure that you should be praying this stuff. Well, he, th these are a guide as to how to pray, right? In close relationships, you share exactly how it is, don't you? You tell it as it is. Well, that's what David is doing with his God. Friends, listen and help as we pour out our soul to them. And God delivers us as we pour out our souls to him. Second, this psalm teaches us to pray with confidence, verses 3 and 4. Can we put that up just for thanks? But you, Lord, are a shield around me. We've sung about that already, haven't we? My glory, um, the one who lifts my head high. I call out to the Lord, and he answers me from his holy mountain. David believes that God will answer his prayers, right? Why? Because the Lord is a shield around him. That's a wonderful image, isn't it? Um, and he says, a shield around me. Now, normally a shield in the ancient world was a small round shield that enabled a soldier to move around and uh, carry another weapon, but defend themselves, but also go on the attack. But here, the image is that God's presence completely surrounds David on all sides and of course in Ephesians 6 we're told that one of the pieces of the spiritual armor is the shield of faith one of Satan's favorite strategies is to fire fiery darts at us in the midst of trouble have you noticed this when you're struggling and you're in the midst of trouble Satan loves to shoot darts at you, darts that say, do you know what, you brought this on yourself. Or a dart of, well, if you were a better person, this wouldn't have happened to you. Lies, aren't they, all of them. Or, if only you'd 
lived a better life, then, you know, you'd be walking in victory right now. Lies. Now, sometimes we do bring trouble on ourselves, just as David did, right? Sometimes we are responsible for circumstances, consequences, as David was. But most of the time, a lot of the time, troubles come on us just because they come on us. Because we're in a spiritual battle, right? Just by being a Christian, you have a target on your back because you're a Christian. Satan will fire fiery darts of condemnation and accusation and lies at you just because you're a Christian. If you're living and breathing oxygen as a Christian, you will be spiritually attacked. Reality, okay? So you need to take up the shield of faith. We no longer need to believe the lie that our troubles prove that God has abandoned us or we're not worthy of him, right? Now, there might be some soul searching needed if a particular sin has caused difficult circumstances, but there may well not be. And we are no longer condemned. The gospel says there is therefore now no condemnation for us who are in Christ Jesus. So even if there is a sin to be confessed, when we bring it to the foot of the cross, we are forgiven. We are no longer condemned because Christ prayed, it is finished from the cross. Once and for all, his sacrifice paid for your sin and my sin. He's done it all on the cross. There is nothing that he cannot forgive. So there is sin to be confessed. Confess it. You will be forgiven and you are declared righteous in God's sight. So when Satan fires those fiery darts, even after you've confessed your sin, just tell him to go and take a run and jump. Right? Say to Satan, I'm not going to believe the lies. Say to Satan, look at the cross. Christ died to pay for my sin once and for all. I'm no longer condemned. I'm acquitted at the bar of God's justice. I am a new creation. I am forgiven. No more in condemnation. Here in the grace of God I stand. Um, if you're like me, you're quite, I, I, I remember songs, little, usually choruses from the 80s because I'm a bit old. Right? But I really loved a lot of the choruses from the 80s because I can remember them. I grew up with them. And that's one of them. Here in the grace of God I stand. I sing that often because when the, when the, when the enemy fires darts of condemnation at me, I can just sing a song that reminds me that I've been saved by grace. That's what it means to take up the shield of faith. Or I get a favorite scripture out that I've memorized and I go, Satan, clear off because there is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Romans 8, verse 1, Satan, on your bike, right? So how might I rephrase this in my prayer? You could pre By the way, if you want to pray David's words straight, go ahead and pray them. I like to re-paraphrase them myself, all right? You can do the same, can't you? So here's what I would pray, something like this. Lord, you're a shield around me, thank you. Protect me from the lies and accusations of Satan. I confidently approach you in prayer, knowing you will answer me because Christ has opened up a new and living way for me to draw near. Amen. Hallelujah. You, you use your own words. This stuff is designed to be prayed, right? David also describes the Lord as the one who bestows glory on me. His enemies are attacking his reputation, but David looks to the Lord as the source of his dignity. Psalm 8.5 describes human beings as being crowned with glory and honor. When we're attacked by Satan and tempted to feel condemned, worthless, or a failure, we can look to God and the glory that he's bestowed on us in Christ. Here's a, here's a verse that you can uh, take up. Colossians 1. To them... That's believers. God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Sometimes our heads do go down. We become despondent, don't we, as Christians? 
But Jesus wants to lift our heads up, doesn't he? With scriptures like this. What a scripture this is. Christ is in us. The Holy Spirit lives in us as Christians. The hope of God's glory lives in you and me as Christians. That should lift your head. God's breath is in you. So when Satan causes your head to go down and accuses you of not being worthy or of being worthless or a failure, we can pray something like this. Lord, thank you that you've given me your glory and honor by giving me the gift of your Holy Spirit, who is Christ in me. Yeah? All I'm doing, do you see what I'm doing here? I'm adapting the psalm to a New Testament context. Right? It's all I'm doing. It's easy, isn't it? You, you can do this. David also prays that the Lord would lift up his head. Um, if a king lifted the head of a subject kneeling before them, it was a sign of acceptance and approval. And sometimes we have our heads bowed, we're despondent, we're down in the dumps, our heads are down, literally, aren't they? And do you know what Jesus wants to do when we gather to worship? He wants to lift our heads and he wants to look us in the eyes with joy and he wants to say to us, you're my child, I love you. I accept you. I welcome you. I died for you. You're my child, an adopted child. I put my spirit in you. God wants to lift our heads. He wants to look into our eyes as a loving father looks into the eyes of, it, of its child and say, I love you. Christ is the lifter of our head. So if you feel your head going down, Allow Christ to look into your eyes and lift your head. You might pray something like this. Lord, thank you that you lift up my head and you give me dignity through Christ. Sometimes circumstances and people's accusations and Satan cause us to lose our sense of dignity and honor, don't they? Our heads go down. But Jesus wants to say to, to you and me, I love you, and to lift our head. James 4.10 this is wonderful. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Isn't that wonderful? In other words, when we come before Father with humility and independence on prayer, he will lift us up. So if this morning you've come into church feeling a bit down and struggling and overwhelmed, the Father is here and he wants to lift up your head and look into your eyes and say, I love you. I welcome you. I accept you. I have given you dignity and worth. I've honored you through my son. Third, we can pray with full trust in God. Verses five and six. I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. I will not fear though tens of thousands assail me on every side. I think sleeping is one of the ultimate acts of trust, isn't it? When we close our eyes, we place our hands, we place ourselves in God's hands for the night, don't we? It's like a, it's like a little act of trust to close our eyes, having prayed, and to say to God, I entrust all of these prayers into your hands. I'm not going to worry about them anymore. And to go to sleep is a wonderful gift from God, isn't it? The psalmist here is not tossing and turning all night. Having prayed and committed himself and his problems and troubles to God, he sleeps peacefully through the night. That's a, that's a model for some of us, isn't it? Sometimes we pray and we haven't really left things in God's hands. We haven't really placed everything into God's hands. We're kind of still holding on to the solutions. We still think it's all about us solving it, don't we? And so we wake up in the early hours worrying and running it all through our heads. But God wants you and I to have a good night's sleep because we've entrusted all our troubles into his hands. It's 
So when facing trouble and worrying thoughts at night, that's when the worrying thoughts often come, isn't it? I don't know if you're like me. Often at night, late at night, often the worries start, don't they? The lists of things to do. And that's when we can pray like David. You might pray something like this. I will not fear the overwhelming troubles I am in, even if they're many, because the Lord loves me and will protect me. There are so many scriptures that will back that up, aren't there? But here's one, Romans 8. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There's a scripture to help you sleep through the night. Nothing, nothing can separate you from the love of God. Pray the scriptures. Fourth, praying for God's victory. Verses 7 and 8. Arise, Lord, deliver me, my God. Strike all my enemies on the jaw. Break the teeth of the wicked. From the Lord comes deliverance. May your blessing be on your people. Now, here's a metaphor. We need to understand uh, that, that the Bible uses metaphor. So when it says, strike my enemies on the jaw, um, break the teeth of the wicked, David is using a metaphor of a wild animal here. He's comparing his enemies to being like a wild animal who's gripping its prey with its teeth, right? And what he's wanting um, God to do is to break the teeth of the wild animals so that they won't be able to grip onto him and, and keep attacking him, right? Do you see what David is doing? We need to understand that scripture is full of metaphor and imagery before we take this stuff too literally. David asked God to strike the jaw of these wild animals, to loosen the grip that these foes have on him so that their strength is taken away. Um, we can pray that God would take away the strength and power and threat of our enemies, of Satan and his strategies. We can pray that, yeah, I think God could take the language. Strike my enemies on the jaw, break the teeth of Satan. That's okay. Personally, I would reword it, but um, that's okay. It's a metaphorical language, isn't it? David is confident to pray like this because God has promised to protect him as, as Israel's chosen king, right? He's chosen to put a hedge of protection around David. So David confidently prays that God would deliver him from his enemies. We have a greater king than King David, don't we? In Jesus, the all-powerful and eternal son of God, who is our king and who reigns over us. And we have spiritual forces of darkness arrayed against us. But Christ has overcome those through his death and resurrection. He's made a public spectacle of them and defeated them at the cross and even defeated death through his resurrection. And our hope, our victory, lies in the coming again of King Jesus to bring about his final victory. Here's a wonderful scripture to pray for victory. 2 Thessalonians 1. God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you. You hear that? And give relief to you who are troubled and to us as well. This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with his powerful angels. He will punish those who do not know God and do not, um, and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. On the day he comes to be glorified in his holy people and to be marveled at among all those who have believed. This includes you because you believed our testimony to you. 
Christ will defeat all of his enemies when he comes again. You're on the winning side. You share in the victory of Christ. So when you pray, you're on the winning side. You could pray something like this then. Um, This is my prayer that I would adapt from verses 7 and 8. Lord, you have promised that when Jesus comes again, you will punish and deal, deal justly with all our enemies. Thank you, Jesus, that today you are the reigning and ruling and ascended king who has all authority and power given to you in heaven and earth. And so today I pray that you would rescue me from the grip of Satan who seeks to attack me in the midst of my troubles. Amen. Yeah? Praying the scriptures and adding in New Testament scriptures to fill out, expand, strengthen David's prayers as well. Do you see? In other words, read the Psalms through the lens of Christ, right? And his victory. He is the ultimate king. King David was a shadow who pointed ahead to the greater and superior king, the perfect king, the king with all authority, King Jesus. You can pray to him because he is the one, he is the rock, he is the source of your victory. He is the one who will deliver you from all your troubles. He's the one who will enable you to sleep peacefully at night. He's the one that you can trust when you pray because he will answer your prayers and deliver you from all of your enemies. Um, this is, this is how, well, while we were worshipping, I felt the Lord say a couple of times, you need to allow people just to um, pray for each other this morning. Some of you are going, oh, no. But I'm going to, do you know, I've learned to be, obey God rather than whether I'm popular or not, really, or whether it goes down. Well, I don't care, really. I'm, I'm hearing God say, you need to pray for each other. So I, can I encourage you to, and this will mean getting out of our comfort zones and turning around and moving around the room, which are, some, of, some of you won't want to do this, but I don't care. I feel God is telling us to do this. I want us to just turn into a group of three or four people, maybe twos if there's only two of you, and just share prayer, share troubles, prayer requests, and just pray for each other this morning as the Lord leads you. Can we do that? We've got time. So get up, move around, just pray, just share with each other and pray the Psalms for each other. Pray pray into the troubles and ask for God's victory and trust and confidence. So let's do that now. Get up, move around, find, find people to pray with. Some of, you, uh, some of you might value a little bit more time um, at the end of the service, and that's fine. Just, you may just want to carry on praying in the, in the groups that, you were, that you've just been in, and that's fine. Just stay in here and uh, carry on praying. But we're going to sing to close um, a song, which is a song that reminds us that we are in a spiritual battle, but we have... God of angel armies, a God of hosts, a God with immeasurably more power um, at his disposal than the enemy. So let's stand and sing this song of confidence and trust.
goes before me i know who stands behind the god of angel armies is always by my side always by my side lord we thank you for your promises they're faithful they're just they're true and so lord send us out since this week confident in jesus we ask it in his name amen <laughs> 